0: Hello, welcome to Locked on Sharks, the premier hockey podcast of your favorite team in the Bay Area. And on today's episode, bold, spicy, caliente predictions about the Sharks and what this season is going to be for them, including maybe a return of an old friend, all that and more on today's episode. Uh, Locked on Sharks. You're Locked on Sharks. Your daily podcast on the San Jose Sharks. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm your host, J.D. Young, contributor at Fear the Fin and San Jose Hockey Now. I want to thank you, of course, for making Lockdown Sharks your first listen today. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. And of course, you can subscribe on YouTube. If you're on YouTube right now, if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button, hit the little bell that we get the notifications whenever episodes come out, and especially on the weekends. We're going to be doing more postcasts. We're going to be talking about the games right away so we can kind of, you know, have fun right after the games. So. Uh, I know the Sharks, they played their final exhibition game against Berlin. Um, Not too, too much to take away from that, with the exceptions of, I think, uh, William Eklund and Thomas Bordeleau not going to be playing opening night. And I think as soon as they get back to San Jose, they're probably getting sent back down to the Barracuda until they basically earn their way up onto the Sharks. And um. You know, I, I still think the sharks are going to struggle to score goals. Um, I know the sharks kind of that first kind of period or so they they struggled with the larger ice format um, that the international rinks are on. You know, with that extra fifteen feet on each side. but you know they they dominated play against a, a pretty good team like these. This German, you know, team is a Or a a good hockey team that's made up of either former NHL players mostly or former AHL players. It's not like scrubs that they found out on the street and, you know, threw on a bunch of skates. Like the Sharks had to earn their, their, their opportunities and stuff. But I still think um, when push comes to shove, this team is going to struggle to score goals with the exception of a few people, one of which we'll talk about a little bit later. But, you know, I, I, there's, there was some encouraging stuff. I think there's going to be more NHL caliber players, you know, and, and guys like Luke Cunning, um, you know, Oscar Lindblom, Stephen Lorenz. I'm really impressed with Stephen Lorenz's game so far. But these guys are going to be fine day in, day out. I just, as I've talked about a lot, I just don't know how high of an upside team this is. And, you know, while they may do a lot of the little things right, I just I don't know if they have that special talent to be able to kind of win games that aren't three to two. Your goaltender kind of has to be extraordinary. So again, it was, it looks like it was a super cool experience. The, you know, the, the European and like hockey crowds look really fun, you know, and hopefully the NHL, maybe we can start adopting some of these, these things like the standing room thing only behind. The goal looked awesome and just like the chance and, you know, the singing and all that fun stuff like that looks like a blast. And hopefully like the NHL, we can start, you know, adopting some of these things and making them some of our own and like kind of really bringing the energy to the game. I mean, if you're listening to this, you're a hockey fan and there's nothing better. Like, I mean, I grew up like kind of enjoying hockey, but then like when I went to my first game, I was like hooked like stick it to my veins and look at me now like imagine some of that atmosphere but with like the nhl play like you tell me how that wouldn't you know it would just be amazing and again nhl it's hockey is one of the best games in the world to watch especially live like there's nothing if you if you're listening to this you've never been to a, a sharks game even if they're bad like you have to go it's just one of the best experiences going to an NHL game just because you don't realize like the speed and everything they're doing and, you know, how it's just so nonstop. But like if you could bring that kind of European crowd interaction to the NHL game, oh boy, we'd be cooking with fire with that. So um, really cool uh, to see that. And, you know, I, I think it's been really cool to see kind of the sharks as they've, kind of been touring through Germany now they're, they're heading to Prague now kind of how they've been doing a lot of stuff with the fans and really trying to make you know branch out the NHL game and and try to help draw in new fans and for hopefully forever teal fans but you know it's it's it was it's a really cool experience and you know a lot of a lot of I know some listeners have reached out to me that's saying they're going to the games this weekend and stuff and I'm really jealous of you and I, I hope you guys have a blast even if the Sharks don't win but you know just just having a blast for you some of you guys you know there's your this year this is might be your only time realistically like getting to see uh getting to see some of your your favorite players so um if you're going this weekend enjoy i'm really jealous of you i i, I think it's going to be fun no matter what happens in the actual games just being there and kind of enjoying the speed and and you know the tenaciousness of the, an nhl game and you know, And then hopefully you get that crowd going, oh, man, it's, it's going to be insane. So, um, I know, really cool with that. So, um, next we're going to get into some of my bold predictions. I'll give you one, one little one before we get into our break. And then we I got some spicy, spicy bold predictions. But this one's a little bit more mild of a bold prediction. And three, one, two, three, three players on The Sharks opening night roster will be traded this season. I've if you've listened to me for a while, you know that the I have said the Sharks probably are not going to be a playoff team and might, you know, I think they're going to be one of the five worst teams in the NHL, all said and done. So that leads me to believe that when you get to the trade deadline, you're going to be selling off some of these players for potential assets. And if I had to guess the three. I would go Nick Bonino who doesn't want a third, fourth line center who can kind of play. You can play on your penalty kill. He can, you know, if you need him to play up on the wing and a pinch like Nick Bonino, total professional, he's going to come in, do his job, be a great guy in the room. So, and then when Nick Bonino leaves, Thomas Bordelow can slide in and play your three C for the rest of the season. Boom. So Nick Bonino, number one, Matt Nieto, number two. Penalty kill specialist can chip in some goals. Again, he's not going to cost you anything against your cap, really, by the time the trade deadline gets going. Um, you know, kind of like what we saw with Andrew Cogliano, team that just wants to kind of add a little bit of extra on their penalty kill. If you need to healthy scratch him, you can healthy scratch him. If you need to play him, you can play him. You know perfectly perfectly cromulent uh fourth line winger for a, a a championship caliber team and then my other one is james reimer you you've you've signed aaron dell to kind of be your break glass in case of emergency you got straussman E2 Makanemi, uh both who've played professional games you know i know Straussman has played played in Sweden and I I know he's coming back from his injury, but he played in the AHL last year. Those guys are going to be your potential goalies of the near future, along with Capo Kakanen. If Strassman plays really well, you know, you might be, able, he might sniff some NHL games at the end of the season. If not, Aaron Delkin is a perfectly fine goalie who can play a spot start while Capo Kakinen finishes out the season. But James Reimer could be a, a nice goalie for a championship caliber team who maybe wants to add to their goalie depth and just kind of, you know, solidify things. James Reimer, super great guy. He's going to do whatever is he's asked. Team, total team player. Going to, you know, beloved by every every fan base who's had James Reimer, loves James Reimer. So uh, those are my three um, that I would go with. But, yes, three Sharks will be traded by at the trade deadline so three sharks on the opening roster and then before we continue to some of these spicy spicy predictions let's take a quick break talk to you guys with our friends over at bet online you guys know better is your number one source for football betting information this season find all the latest player developments team matchups news podcasts and uh, in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find as always betterline Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering from live betting, up to the minute scores for every sport out there. They're the fastest and easiest way to go your favorite games and events, including MLB. You got baseball playoffs right around the corner. MMA, boxing. You have golf. They have a 1,000 tournaments always going on with golf. NBA starting up soon. You got NHL, of course, that starts this weekend. So head to their website at betonline.net. Or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. All right. My boldest prediction. Timo Meyer will be a 90 point player. But, JD, how can Timo Meyer be a 90 point player and the Sharks be bad? Those things don't have to be mutual. Like, there's been plenty of amazing players on really bad teams. Connor but or Connor McDavid. Timo Meyer is not Connor McDavid. You know, like it's fine. Timo can have the best year of his life, and the Sharks can still bad still be bad. Just because I don't think there's enough prolific scores behind Timo Meyer, other than Tomas Hurdle and Eric Carlson when he's healthy to really kind of juice the sharks. So but anyway, Timo Meyer is going to get 90. Points and here's 40 goals, 50 assists. So how how can one Timo Meyer get there? First thing playing with Tomáš Hurdle this season. If you remember last year, there was still the like Logan is the one C and Tomas Hurdle is playing kind of two C. And last year, the, the beginning of the season, it was Jonathan Dahlin, Logan Gator, and Timo Meyer, RAP Jonathan Dahlén, But the, that line was one of the best lines in hockey until they weren't, right? They started the, the, the first month of the season. They were literally one of the best lines in hockey. If you go look at the advanced stats, you go look at the stats, that that line produced. They switched, switched up the role. You know, Dahlén got hurt. They kind of switched up. Hurdle finally took the like 1C mantle from Couture and they, they you know, Bob Bugner started kind of giving him that role, right? It was very, the, the pecking order was clear on on the, the center depth chart and Timo Meyer started playing with Tomáš Hurdle. And then they they added Barabanov. That line was great too. And I think a full season of Timo Meyer and Tomáš Hurdle, you're going to see a more prolific offense out of this too. So we know the chemistry these guys have. I mean, you saw the play between hurdle and, and Timo to, you know, in the um, exhibition game against uh, Berlin with the, you know, the nice give and go behind the back pass by, by Timo Meyer to set up Tomas hurdle and bear Banoff, If he's at the same kind of 40 point guy, that's fine. If Ekwin cracks the lineup and starts playing with these guys, like there's plenty of opportunities, right? But I think keeping the two, Timo Meyer and Tomas Hurdle stapled together for the entire season. That's the that's step one. Having Hurdle, having Timo, those guys can, both can drive a line, right? So if you have two playmakers and two guys who can finish, that's going to help you to get points. Number two, I think the power play is going to be improved under David Quinn. And not only is it going to be improved, Timo Meyer is the focal point of the power play so last year the sharks finished 22nd on the power play I think they're like around 19 percent on the power play and that power play I mean we all watched that power play not super great um sharks power play in the the preseason I know the first two games were rough but I mean David Quinn himself said we haven't practiced our power play at all. It was just go out there guys and kind of mess around and and see what you can do. And, but by the end of the preseason, that power play was kind of clicking, you know, they were two for two against Vegas. I think they were one for three uh, against the ducks, like, you know, and then uh, two for four against the Kings on that Wednesday game. Like, you you can see where the system, I think, is gonna be much better for the power play. And that's and if Timo Meyer's the focal point, especially with Brent Burns gone, Timo Meyer is going to be the guy taking the shots. Like that he's going to be so last year he had 12 power play goals. What if he's 15? Just saying, just three more. Not like a huge jump. Got maybe a uh, one that hit the crossbar goes in or, you know, one that's just little things like that. It's not like a huge jump. But even, even if he just replicates it, we'll just say he's at 12 goals. That's fine. But the biggest jump for Timo Meyer is going to be the even strength shooting percentage. So I went back last four years. I looked at Timo is even strength shooting percentage. So this is five-on-five, five, four, four and four, three and three-on-three. Like Timo is going to play all those situations, right? Like we know Timo isn't not going to play penalty kill. That's fine. That's not what Timo's out there to to score goals and look awesome doing it. But you're going to have him out there on even strength. You know he's going to be out there on five-on-five. On five. He's going to be out there on four and four, especially with extra ice. He's going to be out there on on overtime three-on-three three situations. So 2018 2019 so i looked at his shots his shooting percentage and how many goals he scored in the last uh last four years while under these circumstances 2018 2019 he had 209 shots he shot 11.48 percent shooting percentage he had 24 goals awesome 28 uh, 2019 2020 172 shots 11.63%, 20 goals. Okay, not bad. We like that. 2020-2021. So this is the 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 COVID year where they played, you know, 56 games and they played the same seven teams, you know. see so a little bit of kind of throw this one out, but still 131 shots. So in 56 he played less than that, but 131 shots, 7.63 shooting percentage, 10 goals. It's a big drop in the shooting percentage. Last year, 2021-2022, 264 shots, 8.71% shooting percentage. So a little bit of an increase, but not like those other two numbers at 23 goals. So let's just say Timo Meyer career year, he's going for career year, right? We know the contract situation. He's going to try to put together his best numbers. I think he's going to be shooting more. He's going to be out there like he's the Sharks' best player right now. What if he's at 10% shooting percentage? So I think that's, you know, that's between those numbers. That that feels, you know, we'll just kind of round up there. So that's 27 and a half. So we'll bump it up to 28 goals with a little bit of puck luck. 28 goals at even strength. 12 goals on the power play. Not a big math guy. That's 40 goals right there. And then... Thomas Hurdle, you know exactly what you're gonna do. To. If Eric Carlson, you know, I think again, Timo is gonna be out there for all the power plays. 50 assists doesn't, you know, that that seems very doable with the positions that Meyer is going to be in. And again, if you have Tom uh, if you have Timo Meyer and Thomas Hurdle the entire season together, there you go. So Timo Meyer, 90. Point season that'd be the most amount of points by a shark since 2007 2008 when Joe Thornton had 96 points. Book it <laughs> all right. Before I get to my final two bold predictions, including a very interesting one between uh the sharks and the barracuda do want to let you guys know, of course, about Locked on NHL. Thank you guys, of course, for making Locked on Sharks your first listen. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. And, of course, subscribe on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube right now, you can see my bedroom. I'm, I'm recording from the bedroom tonight. But make sure you guys uh, hit the subscribe button, hit the little bell, so that way you know whenever new episodes come out. But go check out Locked on NHL. they you cover for all the national stories. Every Wednesday is Western Conference Wednesday, where they focus just on the Western Conference teams. Thursdays are the power ranking shows. Um, they've got they're gonna be actually we have our first power rankings of the year coming out on Thursday where every team slots in. Gil has you guys covered on Monday for all the biggest news stories that happen over the weekend. So make sure you guys go check out Locked on NHL wherever you get podcasts, and of course, subscribe on YouTube as well. All right, two more. So one Joe Thornton plays for the Sharks this year. I know he's a thousand years old. The sharks are bad. Why would he do this? Because I think Joe Thornton—he's a big softy, and he just—he he just wants to play again. He's already been moved back to San Jose, already kind of training, skating with the boys. Joe Thornton comes in. He knows. I think he's given up on the the dreams of a, of winning a cup. he just wants to go out there and hang out with the boys and have fun again and you know what it's not like he has to worry about a streak you know a plane streak or anything like that if he just wants to go out there hang out he's a good you know he's going to be a good influence for the young guys of kind of being a professional and knowing what to do and who i i know you're i think i think joe thornton's probably done Who cares, though? It'll be fun to just watch Joe Thornton skate around and and do something. I'll even go even further. Joe Thornton will be playing for the Sharks. When Patrick Marlowe's jersey is retired, he'll be there. He'll be suited up that night. They'll probably make him the starting, you know, on the starting line. I'm going to go that far when for the Patrick Marlowe retirement um, in I think it's February or whatever. Joe Thornton is going to be playing for the Sharks then. So. All right. And then my final one. Final bold bold prediction. The San Jose Barracuda will finish this season with more points than the Sharks this year. So keep in mind, the Barracuda played 10 less games than the Sharks. So that is a, if the Sharks won all 10 of those games, that's a 20-point swing. Sharks aren't going to win all 10 of those games. But... Barracuda play 72 games. The Sharks, of course, play 82 in the NHL. Barracuda were really bad last year. They had 46 points in 68 games last year. Um, they they've standardized the, the AHL schedule. They've you know kind of every team plays 72. Your you know x amount of games in your conference in your division conference, all that stuff. They tried to standardize it. Sharks had 77 last year. That is so even if the Sharks stay maintained – that is a 31-point jump for the Barracuda. And I know what you're thinking, like, the Sharks have more competent NHL players, maybe the goaltending of Kapokakkanen. Thiebomar is supposed to score 90 points for you. I just believe in this Barracuda team. I think you're going to have such an injection of talent on this Barracuda team. You're going from, like, below AHL replacement players to soon-to-be NHL players. It's going to be such a huge jump in talent. I love the coaching staff. I think John McCarthy is going to develop these guys. You know, the two WHL coaches that they brought in, um, those guys know how to work with young guy, young players and get the most out of them and develop these guys for long-term success. And I think there's a lot of fun energy. And if Bortolo and Eklund and Gushin and Co and Robbins, and you know, if these guys are playing a lot of, barracuda games which it looks like these guys might be playing a lot of barracuda games this barracuda team is gonna be fun they're gonna be fast and they're gonna be good so and it's gonna be by design because the sharks are gonna be stealth tanking they've they've done all the things guys we're you know we've brought in we've raised the talent level but if they keep those barracuda guys in there they want the barracuda team to win they want them to be successful winning builds winning you could develop that you develop that winning culture by winning games and if they want to keep these young guys down there let the nhl guys kind of bottom out this year go get yourself a nice top five pick in a loaded draft class and then you bring them start bringing them up next year when they've worked out all their kind of kinks and they've worked out all this stuff and you know prove that they can be nhl caliber players that's fine by me. And if you're adding a Ventilli or a Connor Bedard, please, um, or you know a top five pick and what's supposed to be a super loaded draft class, that's then the season has a success as long as Timo Mäen scores ninety points. So, those are my bold predictions. One hundred percent chance to be wrong. Uh, now, well, the Timo one, there's a good chance, right? Right. It'd be pretty fun to watch a team that scored 90 points this year. So um, that's going to do it for me today. Be back tomorrow. I'm going to doing a preview show with the Preds. So we're going to have some fun with this one where I think we're playing takes out of a hat where they put a bunch of uh, kind of random takes and they draw one out. And then we're going to be talking about that. So make sure you guys uh, follow along for that. And then on Friday, we're going to get you guys ready for the weekend's games kind of what looking forward to kind of what the sharks need to do and just enjoy that hockey season is here. So make sure you guys are following along on uh, the old Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at locked on sharks. Um, you can listen, of course, wherever you get podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Odyssey, all those places, YouTube. You can see my dark bedroom right now. Uh, subscribe there. So yeah, if you haven't already, please do hit the little bell notifications. You know exactly when the episodes come out. Spoiler: they come out on YouTube first. Usually um, you have we do premieres. Nice little watch parties. People can you know kind of go in and comment in the, the chat as the episode's going on. Make fun of how stupid I look or my, all the dumb takes I have. That's fine. So make sure you guys uh, you know watching, liking, subscribing, leave little comments on YouTube. Um, follow me on Twitter at my fryhole. And yeah, be back tomorrow with the uh, the first crossover of the season with the Nashville Preds. Until then, bye, friends.